No fish have been harmed in the making of this podcast. Well, as the time change has taken place, it looks like we'll be in for more fishing coming up. But I do want to remind everybody that game fish are too valuable to be caught only once. Let's return them and catch them over and over again. Welcome aboard, everybody, as we get underway. Thank you for joining me on Talking Bass in PDX, the Bass and Warm Water Forum, as we talk fishing in the Northwest. Hi, I'm Don Clark, and I'll be your host. On this episode of Talking Bass in PDX, I have Nathan Bell, one of the Oregon State University Bass Fishing Team members. But before we talk to him, let me talk to you about Talking Bass in PDX, the podcast. The podcast is all about fishing in the Northwest, and if you enjoy it, help us grow by telling your friends about the podcast and that we can be heard on Spotify, Anchor FM, and now on iTunes. Let me talk a little bit about Oregon State University before we get to our interview with Nathan. The Bass Fishing Club is an organization at Oregon State University which provides an opportunity for students and teams to develop and improve fishing techniques through the club, hosted tournaments, and bi-weekly presentations and practices. The Bass Fishing Team was founded in 2009 and has done very well, as you will hear in the interview. Well, as I do each year, I go to the Pacific Northwest Outdoor Show, and as I came upon the Oregon State University booth, I stopped in to say hi. As I was talking to the group that was there, I asked if any of the team members would come on to the podcast. Well, it was the classic, here's your guy. Nathan looks up at me like me. They said, hey, Nathan's got the best story. Well, as it turns out, Nathan does have a very, very interesting story. And Nathan started fishing at a very young age, which you will hear about on the interview. But as he grew up in North Carolina, one of the best bass fishing areas in the United States, we get to talk about both coasts. But before the interview, let me say, Nathan has the greatest sense of humor and is very knowledgeable about fishing. Also, as I was talking to Nathan, and you may hear this in the, in the interview, Nathan has a goal in life, and if I were a pro tournament angler, I would keep my eye on Nathan Bell. Well, what I wanted to know was what's it like to fish on the East Coast and then come out to the West Coast and have to learn your craft all over again. Nathan is about to fill us in on fishing both coasts. And now, Nathan Bell. On the podcast today with me is uh, Nathan Bell. And Nathan is a member of the Oregon State University tournament fishing team. Welcome aboard, Nathan. Hey, good to be here. Good. Hey, you and I kind of met up at the uh, Sportsman Show here a couple of months ago. Talked about doing a little uh, interview, and your story really interested me. So that's why I came down to visit with you today. Mm -hmm. Tell me about where you grew up and and the type of fishing that you you started doing. Uh, Well, so I'm actually from uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, I don't know if any viewers watched the Major League Fishing, but uh, this past season... Uh, stage three was in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, Jordan Lake, I grew up five minutes from there, and uh, all throughout the area, they have ponds on farms that you could just hop from one farm to the next, catching big fish, and then along with the, the other rivers and lakes around the area, is bass fishing was pretty much most of the, the type of fishing we did, but I mean, we would also have days where we'd catch bluegill, crappie, like, we'd catch anything that swims, really. And so you're a pretty young guy, so 
when do you do you recall when you started fishing? Like what age? Uh, <laughs> that's actually a funny story. Uh, so I'm before fifth grade. I we I'd been fishing before. I'd never caught anything. And this one day in fifth grade, uh, I was uh, out fishing with uh, one of my friends who actually was about to move away, and uh, he actually lived on a lake. We were just out fishing in his backyard, and uh, I, I caught a fish on a little red crankbait. And uh, ever since then, I've been interested, like, how did this little piece of plastic trigger this fish to eat? And and ever since then, I've spent times in, in school, out of school, just when I'm supposed to be asleep, studying, like, watching YouTube videos, reading Bassmaster magazines, just really just interested in, in how all of this fishing works and how it how it uh can produce big bass (laughs) so so you've been educating yourself i mean this is all a lot of this is your techniques are self-taught or have you had mentors along the way uh well actually i mean not really any mentors it's mostly self-taught through the videos and and through through literature and uh actually in high school i started a, a a bass fishing team there as well as some of the other kids on the oregon state bass fishing team and uh, yeah, just through that, get to experience what competitive bass fishing really is, and uh, fell in love with it. And so, even at your high school age, you were doing some competitive fishing. Oh yeah, yeah. Back out east, it's huge. You can already have like two hundred boat tournaments for high school. So, wow! Did yeah. you ever win one? Uh, no, we didn't win any. But uh, yeah, but I mean, it took us around to like. Famous lakes like Lake Wiley, where I don't know, Takahiro Omori won his first classic, and and it just going to all these different places and and getting experience how the fishing from place to place varies has also been a, a wonderful experience. And then coming out to Oregon compared to North Carolina, it, totally different. So let's talk about that for a minute. So North Carolina, clear across the United States, great bass fishing. And how did you get attracted to OSU? In middle school, actually the year 2015, the Oregon State Bastion team qualified for the national championship, which was actually held in South Carolina. And uh, I watched it on TV, just like every young child watches, like, oh, basketball icons or, or, or want to follow in their footsteps. I, I saw Oregon State and I was like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. Like, Oregon, I, coming from North Carolina, I hadn't really heard of Oregon. And so uh, I started learning more and more about it, and not just being able to fish in college, but also uh, like the studying that they have going on here at, at Oregon State is top of the, top of its class, like across the country, like especially for like ichthyology and 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 other fisheries and wildlife programs. So wow! So it brought you all the way across the United States. Yep. Very interesting. Now that you've gotten out here, you've been out here two years, is that right? Yep. And how many tournaments have you fished in out, out since you joined OSU? Uh, we've actually only done three tournaments. Okay. And, uh, well, three, like, major collegiate tournaments. Because, like, I mean, the the club will actually go out within itself and, and take the kids to local lakes around here in Oregon. But then we also travel down to California and fish, like, the California Delta and Lake Shasta and in the past we've had teams go all the way to Havasu and and win tournaments down in Arizona so how many how many folks are on the team there's 20 active members on the team wow well that is uh, that's interesting I did not know that, that the team was that big because yeah. generally when I've seen you guys at 
uh, shows and things, I see three or four of you. So I mm-hmm. did not know that it was a, that big of a team. Uh, yeah. And so when you're down fishing like like California, now how do you guys get your boats? Do you? Uh, yeah. So actually, uh, back in the day when I first started watching collegiate fishing, the the series that uh, ran the tournaments were actually the ones that provided boats. But now because because of how big the sport's gotten. Um, they can't do that anymore, so you have to you have to own your own boat. And so there's a few kids on the team that own their own boat. Like I'm gonna have to save up this summer to get my own boat, so we can keep it keep on fishing these tournaments. Wow! Now you were talking to me just before we started here about uh, some of your sponsors, and so let's talk about that a little bit. So the team is sponsored by some some of the major. Uh... Yeah, we have. Uh, we're sponsored by Sims, Dobbins, uh, Western Fishing Operations, which is a great soft plastic company, Bowen Rod, uh, we just picked up Maxima, Luz, like, and because we're a college team, like, all these, these, these brands, like, they're willing to work with us, so, like, if you join a college program, it's really nice, because sort of, like, recognition, and the, the sponsors are more likely to end up working with you, and you can find some uh, great companies to work with. So as as uh, to get these sponsors, are you responsible or is the team responsible to actually make contact with the different manufacturers? Yeah, it's it's the team. Like if if there are certain people who really want something, then they can go contact them. Or and uh, but we have to make sure that uh, none of the sponsors uh, like overlap and like we don't want like two rod sponsors because that'll not work so well with the companies because they're like oh you should focus on us or sure. Sure. Yeah. So you have to be selective about your marketing. Yeah. yeah understandable. Yeah. Are you all using the equipment now from each of these sponsors? Like, for example, you, you mentioned a rod manufacturer. Yeah, Dobbins. Yeah. Uh, most of the kids on our team are using Dobbins rods. And again, coming from East Coast to West Coast, like I, back home, I was using different brands. But now coming over to the West Coast, they're totally new brands, like especially like smaller brands like Battle Baits that are are bubbling under the, the radar, like we're ready to make them uh, go as big as they, they should because they make great products. And, you know, you mentioned Battle Baits. Battle Baits is a local manufacturer in southern Oregon. So that's, that's a great one to uh, to get on your side. Now, where can yeah. you get Dobbins rods in, in this in this area? Can you buy uh, them? Well, normally we just get them offline, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure Sportsman's Warehouse has them. But, yeah, for the most part, there's not a lot of, like, bass fishing stores as there are elsewhere in the country. And so, yeah, most of the time, most of those companies would do just online purchases. Coming out to the West Coast, what was the biggest thing you noticed in the difference of bass fishing, say, <laughs> Oregon versus where you grew up? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> where I grew up, I'm used to fishing 20 feet deep at the shallowest. It's normally the, the water is stained, like chocolate milk was like not, is, is normal, but out here, like, it's always clear. I remember, like, the first lake that I went out on uh, in Oregon was Cottage Grove. And uh, the area we went to was 40 feet deep, and that was totally out of my comfort zone. But, like, to be the best tournament bass fisherman, you have to experience all these different kinds of situations. So you have confidence in, in your baits to to be able to catch the fish. and So for a bait that you would have used... Back in North Carolina, would you use that same bait here, or do you change colors? Well, there, there's more different tactics that, uh, like, I find back home power fishing, like throwing your crankbaits, your chatterbaits, your spinnerbaits, your moving a worm, like not just dragging it, and uh, that 
like you normally would be all right in, in a lot of cases out there, but uh, out here you have you find the fish tend to be more line shy, more picky about the presentation. So that's why t- people out here tend to focus more on like the finesse side of things, like drop shotting and and Ned rigs and. Stuff so you've like had that. to learn basically a whole set of techniques. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's forced me like a, another time I went out like. There's a, a pattern like pre-spawn. I feel like all all through the south, like if you the fish are moving up and getting ready to spawn, they're eating on craws and like throwing just like a red crankbait around. And uh, I took took this technique out to pre-spawn on, on ten mile, and, and it didn't work as well as uh, I had expected it to. And so you just gotta keep adapting to try to figure out what these fish are wanting to eat or how to make them eat. Now, you were just telling me a few minutes ago before we started about a tournament that you guys were in earlier this month? Earlier yeah, in March, uh, March Tell me a 3rd. About uh, we had a Wild West Bass Trail tournament down on uh, New Malonis down in California. Me, uh, my partner, and I, Biagio Cap, we uh, went down there. We uh, couldn't go to practice because the way the, the series is set up, we actually fish on. So s- let's tell our listeners about how that series is set up. So we've got the. The pro am, the and then the pros fish, but then they fit you guys yeah. in. So yeah, so we we actually fish on Sunday after the three day pro am tournament, and only the ten anglers from the pro am fish on Sunday with us. But normally there's like 150 boats the the two days before us, and uh, those two days the the lake's actually off limits to us, and so we don't get to like it was the day of the tournament was actually my very first day on the lake and. Uh, we had a limit by 7 o'clock, then we wanted to go run new water, and uh, that didn't really turn out as we thought it would, and then we ended up pulling back on the the, stop, the spot we started on, and caught like one or two more, and then that, that was how we finished out. And what other teams were on the water with you against you, or, or was this all OSU folks? Oh uh, no, we had teams like Chico State, uh, Fresno State, Sac State. We get teams like all the UC schools, and uh, mostly a lot of California schools go to, to the uh, events down there. But we're we're trying to convince the Wild West Bass Trail to come up and show off the the fisheries they got up here, like the Columbia and uh, and even go uh, to like Ten Mile and and, and places like Is- that. And so in that tournament, you guys uh, t- uh, finished in the top ten, right? Yeah, we finished eighth place. And what was uh, what was your weight? How much fish did you uh, have? We had we had five fish for ten pounds, ten point one pounds. And what won it? <laughs> There's actually a one kid one kid out there caught a, a nine pounder, and so they finished with like twenty one and some change. And then second place was twelve. Okay, so, so the uh, first place really got. Uh, Ran away with it, yeah. Ran away, yeah. They actually had the biggest bag of the weekend for the Pro-Am and the the college tournaments. So tell me how that works uh, a little bit, because I've not seen a college tournament. So you had a uh, a Pro-Am angler on on the boat? No, it's just the the two, like me and uh, Biagio, we're both OSU students. Okay, so it was all college. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow, that... uh, that sounds exciting. I hope to uh, I hope to get to one of those tournaments uh, someday. That was that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Now you brought up the Columbia. Have you fished the Columbia River some? I haven't yet, but uh, I'm yeah. Like I'm looking forward to to going out there this summer when I have more free time. Because actually, last summer I went back to North Carolina, so I didn't have time to go explore when I wasn't in school. 
So, yeah, this summer I was planning to stay out here and look around, but, yeah. We'll get back to Nathan here in just a moment, but I would like to flip the package over and take a look at Battlebaits. Battlebaits is based in the clear water of southern Oregon, and they set out to recreate the match-to-hatch pattern with a background in fly fishing and the love for bass fishing. Flint Pierce took to his tying vice and created patterns that would change the way we look at our baits. All Battlebaits are handcrafted and detail-oriented, which results in the best American-made tackle in the industry. The Talking Bass in PD podcast would like to thank you for choosing Battlebaits. You can find Battlebaits at Battlebaits.com. Battlebaits is offering our listeners a 10% discount on their orders at checkout if you will use the code TALKINGBASS. Let the battle begin. And now back to Nathan. Now we've gone through uh, the fall and the winter here in Oregon, which should, you know, hopefully hasn't been too bad. Mm-hmm. Do you guys continue fishing all through the, the uh, winter? So in the winter, that's when... It slows down a little bit and because that's when the steelhead runs. So a lot of the kids on the team grew up the salmon and steelhead fishermen and trout fishermen. So they go back to their roots, and, and, and that's when uh, a lot of them end up dropping the bass gear to, to go after those okay. cold water fish. Have you tried that? Have you tried some yeah, steelhead Yeah, I've fishing? caught some steelhead. And, okay. uh, yeah, it's it's a totally different beast, and but it's just as fun. I... I mean, I'm still more, uh, I'd still rather throw a frog and get blown up by a bass, but I mean, they put up a great fight, like, I I would go catch them again for sure. Well, I should ask, what are you studying? Uh, Uh, (laughs) Fish and wildlife. Fish and wildlife, okay. When, in the off-season, you're talking about fishing up in in the Portland area, PDX area, will you be working or studying or? Yeah, well, I'll probably be working over the summer too. Yeah, just like I said, to make some money to to get my own boat for uh, next season. Okay, so with only a couple of years of college left, kind of your next steps. Are you thinking about going pro? Yeah, if if we uh, qualify. So a good thing about the FLW is if you place in like the top twenty, then you qualify for the national championship, and then if you win the national championship, you get a a ticket right to the uh, Forest Wood Cup. So uh, it's kind of one thing that also was kind of disappointing about coming out uh to Oregon was how uh bass like the bass B A S S uh they used to come out west and have tournaments on Shasta and down in, in California mostly but uh just because of how big it is back on the east coast uh they've stopped coming out, out west so we the, the really only avenue that we have now is the FLW and Wild West but that doesn't qualify you for major right. yeah, national tournaments it's pretty tough i had a um i had a younger uh bass fisherman on my podcast earlier this year uh she she was saying that it's tough to qualify out here in fact i believe she's she's qualified for some regional but mm-hmm. yeah i wish the i wish the big bass clubs would uh yeah our big bass organizations would take a look at oregon because there's some there's some great fisheries out here mm-hmm. one of the things that that we talked about, and on a prior podcast, I had uh, talked a lot about the perception of bass out here on the West Coast, <laughs> and of course, cold water fishing, salmon, steelhead, uh, they're, they're kind of king out here, but we have to protect our fisheries. Tell me a little bit about your bass fishing, uh, how you protect that fishery, and just your overall thoughts on, on bass fishing. Well, uh, for bass fishing, I mean... Like 99% of the time, we've always released a bass. Like, there was one time where we wanted to try some, but other than that, they normally always go back. And so, like, for for 
uh, anglers out here. Like normally they they catch and then keep it like the salmon and steelhead. That's why uh, they have the hatchery fish and and they have strict regulations on on what can be kept and what can't be kept. Like back home in North Carolina, you can get one license and fish anywhere. And I mean they have limits on on certain fish, but uh, out here they they really regulate the harvesting of it more because I think the salmon and steelhead get harvested at a, a higher rate like that. Yeah, they, they do get harvested at a fairly high rate, you're right. And we've been talking a lot about fishing, and I thought I'd throw this question out there because I think it's kind of fun. Uh, what's the most surprising thing you've ever caught in your life? Most surprising thing? I mean, besides like shopping carts and blenders, like the most surprising thing, I, I caught a stingray while I was out at the beach once. That was probably the, fish-wise, that was probably the most interesting that I've but you caught a shopping cart too, huh? Yeah, shopping cart, blender, yeah, yeah. I've gotten a lot of different answers when I ask that question. Mirrors I'm, and fenders and things. Yeah. So I th- yeah. I've caught some clothes. Listen, those those <laughs> yeah. are kind of fun. Those yeah. Are, yeah. So with the uh, being on the team, now is this a sport like what we would think about like with golf or football or anything like that? Tell me a little bit more about how you guys support yourselves. So... Uh, the school supports us by they pay like our entry fees and our gas and our room and board to go to these tournaments. But uh, again, like back out east, you can get uh, scholarships to be on a fishing team. And uh, there's one team down in California now, the only team on the west coast that actually offers scholarships for fishing. But uh, I was blessed. My mom, she actually works for Duke University, and uh, they uh, pay any out of state tuition. So. Without my parents, I wouldn't be able to chase this dream. But I'm sure you guys still could use some help, right? And so yeah. if, if any of our listeners wanted to help OSU teams, because especially up here in the Northwest, mm-hmm. a lot of beavers. Yeah. And oh, we yeah. Won't, we won't go talk beeves. about those. Yeah, go beavers. We won't talk about yeah, those no, other guys. Yeah, no, yeah, no, we don't no, even know who no, they no, are. Yeah, who is that? <laughs> but uh, how could they help you guys? Uh, well, actually, they probably could... Uh, they could get in contact us through email on Facebook and Instagram at OSU Bass Fishing. And uh, they can contact us to learn more about the club. And, I mean, if there's, like, any old rods or anything that they don't want, I mean, we'd be willing to, to take them and then uh, give them to people who don't have the equipment to, to do bass fishing. Because, like, like I said, a lot of people just on the team, they start off as stamina and steelhead fishermen, so they... They don't really have the bass equipment yet, and uh, I mean, as you probably know, fishing gear can get expensive. Oh, so uh, very, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. That so, if any of our listeners out there want to get a hold of Nathan or get a hold of me, you can, you can email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail I'll get a hold of Nathan and put you guys in touch. We'll help out OSU because I think it's a great cause. Uh, we will uh, see. You know how we can how we can help them. If there's any of you other manufacturers out there that want to get in touch with them, please get in touch with me, and I'll put you in touch too. Now, how many more how many tournaments will you have coming up, like in the spring of 2020 and and going forward? With the the virus that's going on, uh, they actually we were supposed to have one. There was supposed to be a, a college one that we could have fished uh, tomorrow, but it, it it got canceled. So. Uh, we really had to play it by ear. They have so the next one I think we had was May second down back down on the California Delta, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what they plan on doing with the rest of the season. Well, 
luckily this thing will pass. You know, yeah, we yeah. will get past the virus and we'll we'll move on. Yeah. Now you were telling me before we started that uh, you'd been fishing this morning, wasn't it? Or no, not this morning. We went we went out. Some of the kids and I went out fishing, exploring uh, uh, yesterday. Local pond. Yep. And tell me about it. Uh, we didn't end up catching any, uh, but I mean it's always good to to go out and see what we can try to make happen. I mean, sure. And yeah. what were you throwing? Uh, psh, we we threw everything at them from Willamette weapons, painted shad wraps to battle baits, uh, chatter baits to just dragging worms to spinner baits to like a whole gambit of things and. I think our uh, temperatures are still, the water temperatures, I think are just a, still a little bit uh, too cold. Another yeah. two, three weeks, and I think you guys will be yeah, you the, guys will be in the fish. But yeah, then the fish will start moving up to the bank. Now, you said that you were headed home for spring break. What's the fishing like? Is uh, it already hot? North Carolina? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's probably, or I don't know, because uh, recently the weather has been... Uh, very like fluctuating a lot so i remember like a few years ago like we had a, a, an abnormal amount of uh, snow and uh yeah that that pushed the the spawn back a few weeks so uh i was just gonna have to go out there and and try to figure it out and see if what where they're at right now well that's interesting well i i think it's been a great interview any final thoughts uh, continue to follow the Oregon State Bass Fishing Team on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, feel free to to email us with any questions. If like we're always every year the the club continues to grow. So if you're a high schooler out there listening to to, to Bass and PDX and uh, are thinking about joining a, a collegiate fishing team, the other ones don't even have a fishing team anymore. So Oregon State is a where you need to go. <laughs> now, that's interesting that you bring that up. So if you're in high school and you're listening to this or your parents are listening and they say, hey, you know, OSU's got a got a bass team. How If they contacted you guys, can they go and watch a, a practice or can they come down and talk to you? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, if, they, if they're interested, they can come, they can contact us. We could... We've, like, we had a, a good amount of people come up to us in the, at the uh, expo show in, in Portland and... Uh, yeah, they, they have their kids with them. They learn about the team. They're like, oh, so this is uh, – Oregon State has this. And the kid goes, oh, okay, so maybe I will go to Oregon State. And, yeah, if, if they wanted to, to come to a meeting, yeah, just contact us and we'll let you know when it is. And Well, that that is great news. And I just want to Thank let you. my listeners know that uh, Nathan is just a great ambassador for bass fishing. Uh, we were talking before the – the broadcast. He's just so enthusiastic about fishing, and I hope that everybody has enjoyed uh, what they're listening to. And if you want to hear more about OSU fishing, give me a, an email, send me a, a note, and I will pass it on, and you will hear back from the OSU bass team. For sure. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, thank you. I'd like to thank Nathan Bell one more time for taking some time out of his day to be on the podcast. I hope that everyone enjoyed the interview. And by the way, Nathan is a great ambassador of Oregon State University. This is also an open invite for any of the OSU Bass team members. If you want to be on the podcast, contact me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. I'll make sure that you get on the show. And again, I want to mention Battle Baits. 
and that BattleBaits is providing us with a special code. Talking Bass will get you a 10% discount at checkout if you go to BattleBaits.com. Let the battle begin. For show ideas or feedback, email me at gonefishingpdx at gmail.com. I enjoy reading many of the comments. Before we sign off this afternoon, I would like to mention the coronavirus. You know, although it won't stop us from going fishing, we all should be very careful. We don't want to spread anything like that around. And I want all of our friends and listeners to be very careful with it. And we know that it's going to clear itself and we'll get back out to being able to do the things that we like to do. I'd like to thank everyone. And until next time, this has been Don Clark, Talking Bass in PDX. And I'll see you on the Backcast. <music>